Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Meaty Medicine. My name is Caven, one of the co-hosts of the program, and unfortunately, I'm not alone. I'm here with the man that's giggling in the background, uh, named Dwayne Quadros. How are you going, Dwayne? Easter has come again, brother. Easter has come again. Like a phoenix rising out of the ashes of of uh, procrastination and uh, and just pure laziness. I think mm. we're back. I think this might be one of our longest, longest uh, breaks. Hiatuses, <laughs> yes. Right. I'm good, mate. We're, we're, uh, we're days away, aren't we, from mm. uh, from the time of reckoning. And yes, distractions all around us. You've mm. been surfing and skiing since we've last spoken. Um, and and I've, I been, I've been totally... Uh, embedded in the beauty of the T20 Cricket World Cup. Um, so it's a busy time. It's probably the worst time for exams to be around. But mm. I'm doing good, mate. How are things on your end? Oh, I mean, it's ups and downs. I'd say psychologically I'm in a great place. But um, <laughs> my nasal bone, I think, has seen better days. Yes, I can see there is a bit of a Indian monobrow tribute act happening over in front of me, but it's with a it's with a bandage of some sort. Is there a story behind that? Oh, yeah. So um, I actually had the misfortune of breaking my nose a couple oh, of weeks goodness. ago. Yeah. Um, it was uh, during it was actually during a surfing accident. So at least I have a bit of a like cool story for cool it. Story. You know, it's not that like I cool tripped over and fell on my nose. <laughs> Which is quite difficult to do, I imagine. (laughs) Unless you have quite a large protuberance of a nose, I guess. And you've fallen onto like a shelf that is totally aligned (laughs) with where your nose is. Oh, my goodness. Um, Unfortunately, this episode isn't about nasal fractures. Although, I realized during the course of this, I know absolutely nothing about noses. And I think I received the most teaching on ENT I've ever received from the treating ENT specialists. So I must say, the, ENT is the biggest blind corner, I think, in terms of our training, isn't it, Kevin? Yeah. I remember, I remember our sessions with the with the esteemed Mr. Mark Gurgis, um, <laughs> just a general general ENT god and art philanthropist here in Ballarat. <laughs> uh, and, and I remember him just asking us to draw, like, the structure, the internal structure <laughs> of the ears and the nose and the throat. And, uh, uh, and we just couldn't draw anything. <laughs> Thank God they exist. I can't even draw draw a, no- a nose like externally. I think I just drew a triangle on a- <laughs> it. It's a difficult shape to capture. I feel. It's quite a unique contour. I agree. It is. It is, especially when it's broken. But um. <laughs> Um, anyway, that is that issue has since been resolved. It yes. wasn't actually a displaced, well, slightly displaced. So he reduced it in clinic. Oh, that's I didn't. Good. That's good. I didn't get the free nose job, which I was gunning for. But oh. Um, oh. yeah, I was already looking through the catalogs trying to pick one out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strangely personal thing. The nose. It really defines your face. It's the centerpiece. 
So it really um, is. There's so much. There's so much uh, attention that it draws. You're mm, quite right, and and you can't you can't outrun a bad nose. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't mind what your achievements in life are. You can't outrun a bad nose. It's as simple as yeah, that. Yeah, but the weirdest thing was I realized I've been paying very little attention to my nose throughout my life thus far because when he was. It was very like moderately displaced to the point okay. that I was starting to gaslight myself. I was like, right. has my nose always looked like this? Ooh. And I've just never, yeah. So it became quite philosophical and it was just, That's um, deep. there was just this moment with me just standing in front of the mirror with the ENT looming behind me. And we were just yep. discussing the the vagaries of my nose. To be but- fair, to be fair though, I mean, in credit to you, I mean, I've usually had many existential crises when I've had a big man standing behind me pointing into a mirror. <laughs> Uh, but that's probably more for another day. But I must say, Kevin, if you hadn't told me that story, I think your face is perfect. Oh, stop it. Chiseled jaw, just the brushy brushy eyebrows. It's just brilliant. I mean, I'd love to be an ant and play hide and seek in your eyebrows because no one would ever find me, such as the rich follicular distribution. So you look fabulous, mate. You look fabulous. Yeah, I pray there are no microorganisms inhabiting my eyebrows. They're not a frequent area of washing for me. But oh. anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So, so I guess, Kevin, the, the reason why we've sort of uh, done this podcast today is one of the examination uh, methods that we have to to endure, um, and I use the word endure um, seriously, is something called a structured case-based discussion. And uh, it's actually quite a good sort of format because it's essentially the format that we have adopted recently for our podcast, mm. um, you know, launched about 14 years ago, um, where essentially uh, we're given a very brief video prompt. In this case, it's going to be a, a quick description. Um, and the other person needs to come up with some differentials and essentially just run the clinical process right from, you know, from the history, exams, investigations, coming up with the diagnosis and then uh, coming to a management plan. So, what we thought today in two back-to-back episodes in this Bockbuster Sunday um, is to give you guys a chance to see what one of our examination things are and for us to do a little bit of revision as well as just hang out with each other virtually because mm. this is probably why the podcast exists, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so the case that Kevin's going to talk us through, ladies and gentlemen, today is that of Francis. Francis, an 82-year-old man. Who's been oh, there. what are we doing? I'm the yeah, doctor right. first. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Let me rearrange yeah. my thing. <laughs> um, should I just add live whilst you're doing that? Um, yeah, yeah. You, you give the prompts. Yeah, sure. Okay. So we've got Francis, an 82-year-old man. Uh, who was brought into the GP by his daughter, Jess, who's been a little bit concerned with how her father has been acting, acting strangely over the last four days. In terms of the recent past, Francis is quite an independent bloke, but in the last week, uh, he suffered a witnessed fall, uh, the the steps leading to his back door, and um, fell onto his back and also smacked the back of his head. Uh, Jess took him to the GP. There were no real red flag findings, and he was sent home with some pain medication. But the last four days, he's just acting weirder and weirder. And Caven uh, is the GP student, or to be honest, he's so proficient, he's probably running the bloody place by now. Um, he puts on another plaster over his moderately displaced nose. And over to you, Caven, to talk to Francis and Jess. Right. So to start off with, I'll probably talk to you about my differential diagnosis sure. at this stage. Sure. Yeah. So what I'm thinking about is uh, things we can't rule out are 
vascular causes, whether that's due to a traumatic bleed, like a subdural hemorrhage, mm. or a stroke, a thromboembolic stroke. Um, so there's kind of two things going on here. We have the full a couple of days ago, as well as the following change in behavior mm. and whether or not they're independent or intertwined isn't clear at this mm -hmm. stage. So you have mm -hmm. to maintain a broad range of differentials. Uh, so yeah, the stroke and the bleed is one thing, uh, maybe a CNS infection. So meningitis or encephalitis, um, a, a background neoplastic situation potentially mm. that could have uh, been related to the fall, uh, like mm -hmm. the fatigue and weakness. Or you often get proximal muscle weakness in, uh, malignancies mm -hmm. um could be an autoimmune situation as well more related to the fall so like polymyalgia rheumatica mm -hmm. or yeah really a range of things um but with regards to the change in behavior um front of mind are uh, delirium mm -hmm. which could be to a range of a vast range of things but uh infective causes are uh, related to the previous trauma and the pain maybe that followed uh, electrolyte derangements, um, as well as potentially a medication change or those painkillers, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, and then there's also more chronic things, so a dementia, which can be, again, there are many subtypes, so like a vascular dementia, which has had another stepwise deterioration, mm -hmm. um, Alzheimer's disease, uh, this could be the cognitive side of Parkinson's or kind of similar, but Lewy body dementia. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, it could also be, just a more standard psychiatric diagnosis like depression. Mm -hmm. um, so I think I'd like to move on to taking Mate, that's a That's a very good, very good and very extensive list of diagnoses and all very relevant. So what information, what further information would you like to help refine your diagnosis on history? Yeah. So to start off with, I'd like to find out more about the fall. So you mentioned yeah. that was witness. Could you yes. tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so Jess, uh, Jess had come to visit her dad a week ago, um, and and she had seen him as she came through the back gate. Uh, she had walking up the path. She had saw him sort of like climbing up the stairs, and then essentially lose his balance and fall down, fall onto his back, and hit mm. the back of his head on the on one of the stairs steps. Mm. Okay, so did he trip over anything in particular, or did he just kind of miss a step? He looked. He looked like he missed a step. Mm, okay, and has, has he ever had a fall before? No, he's fiercely independent. He's never had a fall before. Okay. Down. Okay. And does he have any current medical conditions? Yes, he does. So he has osteoarthritis yeah. through his spine and hips, and he takes Panadol Osteo for that. Uh, he's got high blood pressure, and he's on a couple of meds for that. He's got type 2 diabetes, reflux. He had a heart attack in his early 60s, so about 20 years ago. And he's had bilateral cataract surgery four years ago. So, so just to clarify, osteoarthritis, hypertension, type two diabetes. What was yep. the one after that? Uh, reflux, gourd. Yep. Um, he had an MI twenty years ago. Okay. Um, and he's had bilateral cataract surgery in twenty eighteen. Okay. So, from what you've told me, uh, a lot of these are risk factors for falls. Uh, so the. Um, potential visual impairment, but although he did have that corrected, mm -hmm. um, the fact that he has osteoarthritis, reduced mobility, mm. um, and he's got well, like vasculopathic risk factors as well, which mm. lends to those vascular dementia and uh, vascular compromise, more acute causes um, of the behavior change. 
Uh, is he taking any medications? Yes, he is. So he takes Panadol Osteo for yeah. his osteoarthritis. Uh, in terms of his blood pressure, he takes Amlodipine and Captopril. Um, yeah. For the type 2 diabetes, he's on Metformin and Empagliflozin. Okay. For the gourd, he takes Pantoprazole. Yeah. Uh, since his MI 20 years ago, he's been on Atorvastatin and low-dose aspirin. Yeah. That's his extent of the medications. And he's been given um, some Endone following uh, the fall last week. Right. Okay. So he's had quite a significant medication change in the past week, introducing mm-hmm. Endone to an already complicated list mm-hmm. of medications. Quite right. um, is he quite adherent to all of these medications? Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. he is. Um, she is a little bit worried in terms of his pain control. Yeah. Um, whether he's adhering to the right amount of endone because she's not there looking after him. Yeah. Um, but he sh- there's no reason to feel that he's not adherent to his medications. Right, okay. So the concern about adherence to pain control lends to a potential uh, contributing factor to a delirium. Mm. Um, okay, now I'm just going to come back to this past couple of days. Yeah. So has he noticed any... First off, is he capable of having a discussion with me or uh, he seems extremely agitated and he keeps okay. asking his daughter why she's brought him to you and yeah. and he's extremely suspicious of you because you're a new person mm, okay is he regularly this kind of like paranoid? no no this is this is sort of part of the 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 confusing and and the weird behavior in the last four days he's not right. usually like this okay so in terms of delirium um i can't remember what the screen's called but there's kind of the criteria essentially involves a few variables. So the first is an acute or fluctuating course. So this is definitely an acute yep. uh, course. Mm-hmm. Uh, has he kind of been varying in his levels of agitation? Uh, yeah, throughout? I mean, not as much in his agitation, but yeah. like some t- a while back, maybe two days ago, um, when she came to visit him, uh, he was quite distressed and anxious because he seemed to not recognize her. Right. But about after half an hour, he settled down and he knew that it was her. So right. there is definitely a bit of a variable, variable sort of course to this. Okay. And um, have you noticed he has trouble maintaining attention when yes. conversing with him? Okay, yeah. so that's consistent with delirium as well. Um, have you noticed, uh, I'm just trying to think what the other <laughs> criteria for delirium are. Um, it's something to do with, oh yeah, like his awareness, like orientation to time, place and person. Does he well, kind he of seems, He seems to be sort of orientated to place and person, person mm-hmm. after a while, but time yeah. is just difficult for him. Okay. So yeah, he, he definitely fixed a picture of delirium, but I think we need to make sure that the other, the other possible differentials I've considered aren't mm. occurring. Mm. Yeah. So I think... I would ask him if he had neurological symptoms like muscle weakness and paresthesias, but I don't know how useful. No, that. hard to report on. Yeah. Mm. Um, same with systemic features uh, like fever, loss of weight. So he hasn't had a fever and yeah. there hasn't been any recent loss of weight or fatigue. Okay. So I'm not, I'm less considering infective causes now, like meningitis, encephalitis. I'm, less considering autoimmune causes. Has he had any other joint pain other than the osteoarthritis? No, no. Besides, obviously, the back of his head being a bit sore post the fall? No. Right. 
any like muscle pains? Not that he has reported, no. Right. Okay, so rheumatology is less likely. Does he have any red eyes or sore eyes? No, not at all. No. Okay. Um, oh, another thing to consider is the, the thyroid. Uh, thyroid abnormalities can kind of precipitate a delirium. So uh, has he had any big changes in weight? No. No, okay. So that also put makes my neoplastic causes a bit lower on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, say, so in terms of neoplastic causes, I was thinking about primary brain cancers, which is a bit less likely, but also metastases. Of, mm. um, yeah. So has he had any muscle wasting? No, not particularly. No. Okay. Um, okay, so where my thinking is right now is my infective causes, my thyroid, my cancers are a bit lower. Yep. Um, same with autoimmunes, lower. Mm. It's kind of hard at this stage to tell whether he has overt focal neurological symptoms. Mm. Um, so I guess we'll wait for exam for that. Sure. Um, so I can't really rule out like stroke or a brain bleed. Mm. Um, how, what does the wound on his head look like at the moment? Uh, it's quite clean. There's no obvious signs of infection. It just had a simple dressing on it that you've taken down and it's healing well. Yeah. Oh, I should have probably waited till exam, but whatever. Nah, um, that's all right. He ripped off the bandage anyway and threw it at you. So, uh, okay. Right. Okay. So this is looking very much like a delirium. Um, yeah. Okay. Just to make sure, because... It's kind of like the three big D's, delirium, dementia, and depression. They're all mm. kind of, um, kind of, you have to tease them out. Yes. So, does he, you mentioned he was actually quite independent before. Yeah. Yeah. So, in terms of his ADLs, so he, is he living alone? He is oh, living alone. Uh, okay. His wife died five years ago, um, yeah. but he's been coping well. Besides that, he's extremely good with his personal and domestic activities yeah. of daily living and, yeah, enjoys having his daughter around once in a while, but he likes to be, you know, on his own. Okay, and his daughter hasn't noticed some kind of decline in his ability? Not to... particularly. She has noticed in the last four days he's been leaving the stove on, he's okay. been putting cans of tinned vegetable in the freezer, mm. and he's actually contacted um, the local pest control department uh, because he feels like there are insects crawling all over his house. Uh, which which is not consistent with what the daughter says. I mean, there's right. No so these also. changes in perception mm. are essentially psychotic symptoms. Are mm. uh, can also occur within delirium, and I think that insect sensation is quite typical. Uh, mm. That particular hallucination yeah. is um, very pathognomic. Of oh, that's a nice word. Yeah, nice I word. struggled to say it actually. <laughs> it's the nose. It's the nose. <laughs> um, okay, so things the vascular dementia. Um, I mean, yeah, I think just clinically because he's been so independent previous to this. Um, I, dement, all those types of dementia are just quite low on my list now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's talk about his mood. Sure. Uh, is his daughter aware of how, like, his mood has been recently? Um, He is a bit more agitated and, like, annoyed yeah. recently, but, but otherwise he's been quite a cheerful old man, really. Right, okay. And is he engaged in the community or has oh, he... Oh, he is, he is. So he's involved uh, with the, uh, the the male version of the Girl Guide group. 
I'm not quite <laughs> sure what it's called. Is that the scouts? I'm not quite sure. Um, so. And, and um, yeah, no, he's very involved. He sort of plants trees for the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also volunteers at the local Salvation Army. He's just okay. a general captain of the community, really. Yeah, wow. Okay, so it sounds like he doesn't have the typical suite of symptoms for depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, psychiatrically... Not too concerned other than delirium, unless if you consider yep. delirium psychiatric phenomenon. Um, so moving forward, uh, just to flesh out that delirium situation a little bit more. So he's got symptoms of inattention and acute or fluctuating course and a kind of uh, detachment from awareness of mm. uh, orientation, sorry. Yep. Um Oh, I can't remember. I think behavioural disorganisation is yes, there. and I I, it, it sounds is, like yeah. his behaviour has been somewhat disorganised. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's really ticking all the boxes. But the other question is, what is the cause of this delirium? Mm. So we've got a few candidates at the moment. We've got the introduction of the endone, mm. um, either the introduction or the fact that he's not controlling his pain. So. Poorly controlled pain commonly causes delirium. Um, now we've also got the question of that head strike uh, a couple of days ago, which could could be related as well to precipitating a delirium. Mm. And at this stage, I still haven't ruled out some kind of brain bleed. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, what What actual? So he just went to a GP when he hit his head. To his were, GP. Yep. yep. Yeah. So not me. <laughs> no, not you. Not you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why not? I'm a bit cut. <laughs> um, I, he, he tried to ask for you, but they said something about a surfboard versus you. Know, <laughs> <surfboard>. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Um, okay. So now at this stage, I'm just deciding if there's anything else I need off history, mm. just to make sure I have the standard stuff. So past medical history I've got, meds I've got. Does he have any allergies? No allergies. Vaccinations is up to date? He's up to date with his vaccinations. Okay. And does he participate in all the cancer screening programs? Uh, yes, he does, and nothing has come up. Right. In saying that, I think he's outside of the bracket. Yeah, he fit, I think it was like yeah. 10 years ago or something. Yeah, was his last yeah. one. Okay. Um, any family history of... Um, his dad died of a AMI at the oh, age okay. of 55, but besides that, no other history. Okay. So he still has quite a vasculopathic picture, um, so we can't discount that yep. in terms of a potential brain bleed. Mm. Um, also, has he had any chest pain? Uh, no chest pain. Right. Okay. Family history, social history... Uh, I think we've discussed his home situation. Mm. Now, I want to get a sort of, in terms of assessing him comprehensively, a geriatric patient. We've talked about his medical issues. He's neuropsychologically, he seems okay. Functionally, his ADLs were um, quite independent, mm. but now it seems like his ability to conduct them are quite impaired. Is that yep. fair to say? Yep. yep. Um, in terms of his gait and mobility, Pre, yeah, he used week. to mobilize with a uh, mostly independently, but he did have a uh, a single point stick uh, to help okay. him out sometimes. But that was used rather sparingly because of the arthritis. That's right. 
Yeah. Okay. And in terms of his balance, so we we talked about he had cataract surgery. What's his vision like now? Do we know? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. No real issues with that. that right. Apparent. And so he has diabetes. Does he have any complications like peripheral neuropathy? Uh, nothing that's been picked up. He does go to podiatry and stuff like that. His last so, HPA, his last HPA one C was six point eight. Yeah. Um, but but nothing. Major. Okay. So I'm not too concerned. It sounds like he's somewhat on top of it, and if he's liaising with his allied health supports, they're probably keeping an eye on that. Mm. And does he have any vestibular issues? No, no issues at all. Okay. Um, and socially, it sounds like he's engaged. What, what are his finances like? Oh, he's pretty loaded, mate. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did he do for work? And how um, do I he, he actually used to be a bricklayer. Okay. Um, but then he like bought the company and then oh, um, the there was a shortage of cement um, in, really? the, in the town about yeah. 40 years ago. I'm not quite sure why. Um, and then every road, every pathway was uh, was built with brick, I guess. Um, wow. And yeah, that's why his favorite song is by Elton John called The Yellow Brick Road. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he's pretty loaded, mate. All right. Well, um, maybe as part of his delirium treatment, we'll have to whip out that. Yellow Brick Road, so oh, of course. kind of orient him a little bit. <laughs> um, so environmentally-wise, so is, is this house fairly – well, I guess that's a future consideration because mm. I imagine he's been quite independent. So yeah, it's far. been quite functional. There's no sort of modifications that have been made because yeah. he's never really needed it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to examination then. Sure. Oh, sorry, wait, just standard. Does he smoke? Uh, yes, he used to smoke, uh, but he's quit about 10 years ago. He used to smoke about – a pack a day for about 20, 25 years. Okay. Well, well done to his GP and him. Sorry. Well done to him and his GP. Paternalistic <laughs> medicine. Hang on. Hang on. I'm the GP, aren't I? Fuck, I've done it. Mate, you weren't in medicine 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even know if you were born 20 years no, ago. I'm claiming this. I'm claiming this. <laughs> love a good motivational interview. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, and alcohol, does he drink? Um, he used to be quite a heavy drinker. Okay. Uh, he used to drink three to four stubbies a day as well as a glass of whiskey. That right. was in the height of the bricklaying empire. Right. Um, nowadays, he's cut back quite a lot. Um, so well done to you again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he just drinks a stubby a day now. Oh, okay. Okay, a stubby a day. Mm. Still work to do, I reckon. I reckon we can get him down a bit more. <laughs> down to a can or something. Um... Okay, let me see what else I need to ask. Oh, yeah, and recreational drug use. Uh, nothing, never touch the stuff. I'm just asking that because I got flamed in my last SCBD because the diagnosis ended up being cannabis use oh. disorder and I didn't ask about drugs. Oh, so, dear. yeah, fair, fair, fair. so I'm a bit nervous for this upcoming exam. I'm, I'm also very nervous for this one. <laughs> um, also, so rogue from the Melbourne Med School to go with oh, cannabis yeah. use disorder, which we've received about five seconds of teaching on. But, oh, um, if that. Yeah. If that. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Examination. Yeah, mate. Could I have a – so on general inspection, how does he appear? He, she, he seems disheveled, disorganized, and he's very suspicious of you, um, <laughs> as evidenced by hurling his bandage at you. Um, <laughs> alert and orientated to place and – person but not yeah. the time okay um and 
Is his work of breathing okay? Is he well coloured? Yes, yeah, his work of breathing is okay. Um, His chest is clear, no findings on the respiratory exam. Okay, and in terms of vitals, so heart rate, blood pressure? Um, So his blood pressure is 104 over 70. Mm. His heart rate is 80 and regular. His respirate is 20. He's saturating at 98% on room air, Mm. and he's afebrile at 37.2. Okay, nothing too worrying there. Um, MSE, uh, mental state yeah, again? Sure. Um, so appearance, obviously, is disheveled. Yeah. In terms of behavior, he's sitting in the chair, appears annoyed with his daughter. He's barely answering any questions, but he does so with a thick level of suspicion. <laughs> his speech is normal. His mood is described as annoyed, and this seems to be congruent with his affect. Mm. Uh, thinking, disorganized, he's tangential and he's fluctuating over the conversation. Yeah. Uh, no current hallucinations or delusions. His memory is intact on assessment and his insight and judgment is impaired. Okay. And for cognition, could we do an MMSE? Oh, yeah. uh, we can. We can. Um, that's being done by uh, another medical student because somehow you've graduated now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, his last MMSE a while back was 29 out of 30. Ah, oh, good. That's a better question to ask if you'd had a previous one done. Yeah, I'm not sure what the utility of an MMSE would be right now. Um, we can talk about that later. Um, so I'd like to do a gait and balance assessment as well. So Romberg test, timed up and go. Yep. No, no issues present. Right. Okay. Um, what else do I want to check? Okay. So considering a stroke, I want to check for AFib. So I'll do a cardiovascular exam. Yep. So there's heart sounds, a dual and no murmurs. However, since you're a very thorough student, you've actually done a full cardiovascular exam. You notice that he seems quite dry um mm. so he's got dry mucous membranes re- reduced tissue turgor and cool peripheries as well yeah so i assume you'll say the same thing if i ask for a fluid assessment yes <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so he's dehydrated he is um which is for i don't know i hazard it's because of a lack of self-care following this entry into the delirium mm. um what else am i worried about i mean i'd do a listen to his lungs for to see if like a respiratory infection. They're clear, no focus. Yep. Um, trying to think of a reason to do an abdo exam. Probably don't need to. Um, I don't think it's the time or place to be doing joint exams. Like we know he has osteoarthritis. Um, I think. Okay, are the findings just consistent with OA that we know about? Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm just going to move on to investigations because there's not too much else I want to do an exam. Um, okay, so in, starting off with bedside investigation. Oh, wait, we're in a GP, aren't we? That changes things a bit. Um, okay. Oh, it's a specialised GP, mate. So you, can whatever, <laughs> you, can, you can run whatever you want. Okay, you're right. So yep. bedside, uh, finger prick, glucose, just to check yep. he's not hypo. 4.0. Okay, that's not bad. Um, ECG. Yep, sinus rhythm, no ECG abnormalities. Okay, so he doesn't have AFib and his heart's kind of working, which is good. Yes. <laughs> um, dipstick urine, looking for a UTI. Yep, negative for leukocytes, nitrites, glucose 1 plus. Okay, so he's got a bit of glucose, um, but I guess he's diabetic. Mm. Um, I, okay, moving to blood, can I get a HbA1c? 
Uh, yes, it's 6.9. Is that okay? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think it, it feels right. It feels right. Okay, okay. I think, you, yeah, you're going for something around there. I need to look that up. Um, I think the diagnosis is like above seven, and then you target. Six. Oh my god! Okay, I'm not I reckon it's about six point five, but then like you always want to target below seven once they're diagnosed. Oh, that's it. Okay, I had it the wrong way around. Okay, um, coming back to the bloods, I want FBE hemoglobin looking for a bleed or anemia. White no abnormalities on FBE. Okay, uh, UEC. I'm looking for like a CKD or AKI. See if he's uremic. Yep. So he his eGFR is seventy four, which was the same time, same as last time. His sodium is 150, so slightly high. Potassium is 4.2, which is normal. Chloride's normal. His urea is 9, which is high. His creatinine is 120, which is high. Okay. I can't remember these explicit numbers for an AKI, but that's likely mm. something that's taking place, especially due to his dehydration. Um, okay. What else do I need? Let me see. I mean, liver disease could somewhat contribute. So I think I'm doing yep. an LFT. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, the only thing is that the GGT is raised, 65. Okay. What else? Uh, coags as well to check for li- oh, I guess that's – or is that part of an LFT? No, coags are separate, but there's okay. nothing nothing abnormal yep. there. Cool. Okay, um, let's think about my differentials again. So it was mainly all these brain bleeds that were left mm. as well. Oh, thyroid function test, please. Normal. Yeah, okay. Uh, inflammatory markers, so white cell. Uh, sorry, we already said white cell. ESR yep, and CRP. Normal. Okay, so rheumatological and infective causes are very unlikely. Um, and, yeah, neoplastic doesn't look likely either so i'm definitely moving towards that hang on did you say no inflammatory markets Sorry. no inflammatory markets no. yeah so unlikely to be an infective cause of delirium mm-hmm. um and so his electrolytes weren't really deranged it was only it was just the sodium that was high okay sodium was a bit high so electrolyte derangements can also cause a delirium mm-hmm. um or be a consequence. So it's hard to say. Okay, I'm going to move forward to management with a diagnosis of delirium. A second, oh, I guess an exam. Can he give me a pain score or something with respect to how his pain's being controlled? Uh, his answer to that is Tuesday, Monday morning, and bacon. <laughs> Ah, I see, I see. Um, okay, yeah, diagnosis of delirium. Oh, ting, 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 you're right. I just want to go back. Would I do a head CT? I think I'm going to trust in the previous GP's assessment. Okay. Oh, why are you making that fact? Okay, I'm doing a head CT now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's normal, man. Okay. <laughs> Wow, you just wasted <laughs> governmental money <laughs> by baiting me into doing a head CT. To be fair, though, you probably would. 
Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I'll take a stroke would. as well. Yeah, I need to rule out the stroke. As my um, GP supervisor says, you always respect the works of your colleagues, but you never necessarily trust them. <laughs> so, oh, oh, speaking of, yeah, I did a deficient assessment because I didn't do a neurological assessment in my examination. So, oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, no focal findings. Yeah, okay. So definitely not a stroke now at this point. Um, yeah, so diagnosis of delirium, and now we need to move on to managing this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let me think. So I think it needs to be admitted yeah. uh, because he's unsafe, especially at home at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need to admit him and start managing him for delirium. So first... They're like the standard things we can do and then the, the things we can do with respect to the underlying cause. So sure. the standard things we want to do are try and get him a quiet, um, secluded room without like other people yelling and moving around. Um, it's all about kind of creating a calm environment where they can reorient themselves. So yep. speak, speaking of reorientation, um, regular attempts to reorient him. So like keeping a clock in the room and like sure. talking regular conversation mm-hmm. um involving family members is good as well uh to help reorient him bring in familiar objects into his room mm-hmm. um what else do we need to do what other strategies are there okay so then there are the, the more organic things so you need to make sure it's pains controlled mm-hmm. um so yeah, review his analgesia, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to... Uh, he's really dehydrated as well, which is certainly contributing. So put in some IV lines and give him... Start him on some, like, saline. Yep. Um, rehydrate him. Um, what are the other things I need to do? Yeah, there's no infective signs, so there's no need for antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think those are the acute things I want to do. Yep. What do I want to do long term? I think, okay, I guess if I'm the GP, I'm talking to the daughter right now, you need to make sure you reassure and advise them. So tell them, explain delirium, explain that it's a temp, it's very common. Mm. Um, it's precipitated by some kind of stressor, which he certainly has experienced, mm. um, and that we do expect him to return to his kind of previous function once we get it all under control, because yep. I think this is quite a scary experience for mm. Jess, the daughter. Yes. Um, Terms of prescription, I'm just going through the old GP Rapriof. So that was, yeah, that was RNA. P is prescribed. Um, I think I'll leave the prescribing to the treating team when he's admitted. Um, But yeah, they'll be thinking about things like analgesics and the fluids. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the next R? I can't remember. Oh no! Oh, refer. That's basically refer. what I've done. Yeah, you've done that. Yeah, you got yeah. to the hospital. But yeah. I think in terms of like more long term, I don't know. We don't really need to consider a psychologist because he doesn't really have depressive symptoms. No. Um, 
maybe yeah like this all these problems are very acute related to the delirium so Mm. i don't know if we need to bring in many allied health but i think what i would do is observe and follow up so we'll have another appointment when he's out of hospital in a couple of weeks Mm. and then we can go from there and see if he's returned to the baseline adls and then we can consider bringing in people like social work um physio Mm -hmm. occupational therapists uh, but I, I'm not expecting them to be necessary. Um, and then, oh, what's P? Oh, like preventative stuff. But I don't know. There isn't too much preventative medicine to do now. Just make sure he's under control. His chronic medical conditions are under control. His HbA1c was okay. But, yeah, I think the med chart review is just important to in general to bring a pharmacist in to make sure that, num- well, try and limit the effect his medications are having on his mm. likelihood of mm. experiencing delirium. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Mate, that's a sterling effort. Oh, a sterling effort. So the diagnosis <laughs> was delirium and, and there was a lot of sort of contributing factors. Mm. So like you said, the pain, the dehydration, possibly a bit of polypharmacy at play, mm. some sort of interaction. Uh, one thing where you... you you would have got the full marks as if you did an oh, abdo no. exam and you oh, asked about what? bowel motions. Oh, so, yeah, so he's been constipated for about four days. Oh, and one exam, no. he had a had, he had a, a mass in the uh, left iliac fossa. Oh, shit. Yeah, suggesting a bit of fecal impaction. And, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, right. yeah. No, he doesn't have a tumor. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. Um, um, and, yeah, and, and, and if you had done an abdo x-ray, um, yeah, you see a lot of fecal loading. So part of your management would have been uh, management of the constipation as well. So increasing his fluid status, yeah, improving that, but also appearance like Movicol and oh, lactulose and so stuff annoying. like that. Now that's really good. Good pickup. I yeah. won't miss in the exam. So yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Sort of like working out the delirium, because um, yeah, the hard thing with delirium is there's always going to be more than one, uh, especially since it's happening in an older gentleman. Mm. There's always going to be one sort of uh, more than one acute factor and it always comes almost on the background of a lot of comorbidities as well so mm. that's probably uh at play but no mate that was that was brilliant uh what are your what are your thoughts feelings questions comments how do you reckon you went yeah i think i went okay i think i find these full cases so difficult i think yeah. this was yeah, this was quite a complicated case for me, I think, because we had the fall and then, yeah. like, I would expect almost a fall to be a case in itself. See, so that was the thing with this case is that it had nothing to do with the fall. Yeah. But when I did this case yesterday, I also went down the thing of, is whatever precipitated the fall now precipitating this? Yeah. Or, you know, like your neurological stuff or whatever that stuff was. But then yeah. I, it, the, the key was in sort of realizing that, yeah, the fall had happened mm. and it was more sort of the opioids and the polypharmacy to come and the pain on the back of the fall rather than the fall itself yeah yeah yeah. so i think this is a really good case to do i haven't done many geriatrics cases um i think yeah i think something like this is very likely to come up yeah in the exam because it's that good link up of gp and age yeah um yeah, I'm just okay. Let me just think. So, what did you think of my differentials? I thought they were very fair. So, so in terms of the mark scheme that I've sort of been given here, yeah, the differentials that they had were obviously the delirium. Mm. Uh, they also had things that you didn't want to miss out on, which was the meningitis, mm. the stroke, the subdural hematoma. Yeah, uh, sorry, the subdural hemorrhage. Um, they also had the psychiatric stuff, um, and something that they 
had that you didn't was substance. Substance. Oh my so, god! Back yeah. at it again. Just back at it again. <laughs> back at it again. Um, Why is it always? Oh my god! It's, all, it's always substances as the differential, isn't it? So uh, yeah, no, but but and I thought they were all very fair. Um, I like the fact that you had autoimmune in there as well. Um, but yeah, no, I thought there was a fair fair lineup. Of, yeah, um, I think it was a bit of a scattered differential because I was trying to have differentials for the full as well as the... Yes, uh, yes, I felt that. But I think you refined very quickly as well. Okay. Like, and, and I think the way you did the history was very targeted. Um, okay. And it helped you sort of obviously understand enough about the form and then realize this was more of a delirium acute sort of case so how would you approach this case because i think i was a bit disoriented as well in terms of that's why i jumped very quickly to that typical second half of the history mm. like you know oh what medical conditions and all of that because i wasn't yeah. really sure what hopc to take um yeah i think sort of with the way i sort of did it yesterday was when i when i did it with uh, sam poppy um mm -hmm. though i sort of split it up i, I spoke about the four very quickly yeah. But then I sort of focused on the presenting complaint was the confusion and yeah. sort of got that information out that, you know, he had been keeping tin vegetables in the fridge, the insects, the, all that sort of stuff. Hang and on. Then, and why is that so awkward behavior? I keep tin vegetables in the fridge. What are you trying to say? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm not worried about delirium with you, though, because your bowel motions are the absolute polar opposite of constipation. So uh, if anything, I'm worried about dehydration with you um, and just a lot of lot of eating stuff. Um, but, yeah, so sort of the way I went was just focusing it on that and then almost deciding that if it was delirium, working through sort of all the things that can contribute to it. So that's where I got the constipation thing out, yeah. quickly asked about infection, pain control, polypharmacy. That all sort of came out there. So that's the way I approached it. Yeah, okay. So delirium, you're thinking infection, yeah. uh, pain, yep. medications, mm -hmm. constipation. constipation. Yep. Any, I, obviously uh, technically, urinary retention, dehydration, yeah. Um, any so it's probably acute... worth doing a full review of systems, basically. It would be. It would be, essentially, yeah. 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 Okay, that's good, to, good yeah. to know. That would be the way I approach it. Yeah, okay, very good. Um, examination, so I just did vitals, general section, MSC, Lowland Neuro came back for gain and balance, fluid yeah. assessment. Yeah, the only thing was the abdo that was missing, yeah. which, would, which would give you the fecal impaction. Right, abdo. And then investigations they were perfect they were perfect yeah. no issues you could have sent the urine mcs off just for completion oh okay um, yeah. but there was nothing on the dipstick to say that you had to have sent that off that was more yeah. for completion good okay and management that no. was good that was good non-pharmacological obviously if you knew about the constipation then you'd you know target manage that but it was really good you mentioned about the polypharmacy getting a medication chart review um, and I guess the long-term things, maybe getting a home care review, OT, PT, that sort of stuff. Was well. I definitely – so I was correct about admitting. Is yeah, that, 100%. Okay, 100%. Okay, good. Yeah, no, no, you definitely admit it. Definitely admit it. Mm, and for the constipation, is it Movicol or Movicol yeah. and something else? Movicol or you can use Lactulose. Yeah. Uh, you can use Coloxal. Uh, but that paired with improving his hydration status. So if you can't do oral fluids, then obviously the IV stuff will help. Um, sort of rehydrate. Oh, I yeah, I didn't really mention oral fluids. I just went straight to IVs. So maybe I should. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing to consider. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, that was a really Mate, good what a case. case. That was very meaty. Thank you. That was oh, 
Too much meat. That was meat lovers with extra meat oh, and seafood somehow. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, Protein. oh, how funny is this, by the way? Go on. Um, bit of a personal medical story. I went to the GP and got some bloods done for something, yeah. and I asked to have a look at that. They were fine, um, yeah. but I asked to have a have a look at them. Yeah. And my oh, what was it? I think it was. No, I don't think it was. I think it was urea. Was like crazy high, and he oh. was like, "How much protein do you eat?" And I was like, "Oh no!" He and puts he, down his protein shake instead. Yeah. And he was like, "Mate, like tone down the protein. You do not need to be eating that much." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Oh. Goes home and smashes. <laughs> So funny, oh, yeah. It's so it's so funny, like seeing the stuff you read about, like translate into yes. your own life. Though, like, nah, it actually checks out. I'll double check it with urea. I can't remember what it was or if it was Korean. No, no, I think it, it would have been urea. urea yeah. like, like high protein diets can cause. Yes. So there you go. I'm Mate, the what a case. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the close of this episode of Media Medicine, but, but hold on to your jock straps because we're <laughs> going to end this episode and come back where Kevin puts me under the cosh. Uh, Wayne's getting yeah. in the hot seat. There uh, we go. And it will get hot. It will heat up. <laughs> Don't you worry. It's already preheated by my own ass, so get it ready. It's just going to keep Is there anything worse or more comforting or worse in life than when you were in a toilet seat? <laughs> take a poo and it's already warm oh my god like, i know exactly the conflict you're talking about because yeah. i hate when you sit down and it's cold yes. so there's this moment where you're like oh my god like mm. i'm not getting that yeah. jarring shock of the cold toilet seat but then you start to realize what it represents yeah, yeah. And the horror <laughs> of what it represents That's um it. Yeah, yeah i don't know i don't know where i sit on that debate but um yeah well, we might pick it up in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so if you're, if you're still here somehow, you've survived all my ramblings, yes. get ready to hear someone who actually knows what they're doing do a do a case. So, And it's an exciting case. It's, it's an all exciting happening. case. Yeah. All right. all right. See you soon. See you there.